Well, I've actually heard that you're going to cry like uncontrollably for about 10 minutes during this Spoiler. movie. Spoiler. Yeah. I mean, that's every Pixar movie lately, though. No. Most, mostly like the things in the front. What are those called? The little featurettes? I don't know. The little the little movies in front of the actual movie. A trailer? No, not the trailer. The <laughs> the mini movie. The little like short. Oh, the A short. A short. <laughs> Mike and this is Steve and we don't know Dia de los Muertos. Yeah, last week we talked about um, how we don't know Halloween, mm-hmm. and that was more kind of like how we just don't always do it consistently. And we learned some of the history about it, though. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so we thought this time we'd talk about uh, similar um, tradition and around the same time, which is Day of the Dead. Yes, Dia de los Muertos, which yeah. is not just one day. Yeah, that's right. Um, so each of us did some kind of research about this because I, I don't think we actually knew too much about this. No. And a funny thing is being Mexican American, we really didn't celebrate it yeah. uh, back in Houston. Was it like your family didn't celebrate it or you didn't notice it much in Houston? <sighs> Both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my family didn't do it. We did do the, um, <laughs> the, uh, all saints day, which is a holy day of obligation, which is November 1st. Mm. Uh, where you had to go to church yeah. for that day. That's like one of the days of obligation throughout the year. Uh, but we didn't, you know, there were no skulls or any huh. of the other things that were uh, uh, present in the Day of the Dead. Yeah. Get a Los Muertos celebration. Huh. Yeah, I think it's funny too because uh, obviously I didn't I didn't celebrate it growing up. But um, ever since like college and uh, maybe even high school actually, I've been really drawn to the, uh, the, the kind of cultural art um, that goes along with Day of the Dead. Um, yeah, because it's so colorful and yeah, so colorful, vibrant, fun, vibrant, but also, but also sort of like death. yeah, it's a little bit macabre. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've always been really drawn to it, but didn't really know that much about it. So, um, kind of poking around for it a little bit this week was super interesting. Yeah. I I learned a lot. I did too. Um, and now it actually kind of makes me want to like do this ourselves every year. I mean, we have time. Yeah. November 1st and 2nd is coming right around the corner. Yeah. All right. So why don't you um, tell us a little bit about it? What it, What is Day of the Dead? So what I found out is that Day of the Dead is a multi-day celebration that honors the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it dates back 3,000 years ago. Okay. Uh, it was practiced by the Aztecs and the other Mesoamerican yeah. civilizations. Um it's usually on November 1st, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Dia de los Inocentes. Okay. What does that mean? So, Inocentes, in this case, is the children. And uh, November 2nd is the Dia de los Difuntos, or deceased. Mm, okay. Or, as we know now, is Dia de los Muertos. Okay. Uh, but both of them are celebrated in this case. And it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely getting big in the U.S. And I, I know we're going to talk about that later, but... Um, I think it's just interesting because, you know, I feel like this is something I didn't learn in school. So I definitely didn't learn that this was like an Aztec tradition. This is something that I more learned in kind of day-to-day culture living in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I kind of first started hearing about it. Because yeah, you see the art yeah, pop up everywhere. Yeah, it's huge in L.A. Yeah. I mean, obviously, just kind of Mexican culture in L.A. is, is really big, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably more so than, I would say, most other cities, large cities in America. There's there's so much there. Like, we've we found out recently that... Um, like I have an ancestor who's like responsible for building the the adobe down the original like 
Mexican Adobe that founded Los Angeles and stuff like that. And, um, which that'll be another episode, but you know, LA just has this really hugely rich culture, um, and history of, of Mexican culture there that still lives on today. And there's a lot of those traditions. And I think day of the dead is like one of those big ones. And I, you know, while I didn't really learn about the official history of it, it was definitely something that during my time living in LA, it was something I looked forward to every year because it was a culture I didn't grow up with, but it was something different and really cool that I could see every year. And now, do you feel that you were drawn to it because you found out some stuff about your ancestry? <laughs> I don't know about all that. Uh, I, I liked it more. I liked it before then, but I don't know. It's really cool. Like like we've mentioned, it was it's so colorful and um, it's more of like a celebration and mm-hmm. respect of death rather than like this big somber sad event that we make it here in the u.s make death usually here in the u.s um so i just thought that was something really cool about it yeah all right so we've kind of talked about about how long we've been celebrating this and stuff but why don't we talk about like the story of day of the dead because i thought this part was really cool too yeah so the story is that on these days the um deceased family members uh their spirits would come back and uh come visit the living right but not in like a scary horror movie kind of way oh no no no, no yeah no. more like a happy yeah like it's a time of remembrance yeah because uh the way that they thought uh that the people that died mm-hmm. uh they didn't just end their the, their life didn't end there mm-hmm. it continued on into in the, the afterlife, afterlife right. yeah which is a really sweet and nice story mm-hmm. yeah so they have the whole thing where um the first night is like for the spirits of children to mm-hmm. come back, the children who have died to come back and visit. And then the second night or second day is for adults to come back. Yeah. And there's all these different traditions that you do that kind of play into this whole thing. Yeah. Too. And, uh, you help guide them. Yeah. To your house. Yeah, uh, exactly. Which um, a big part of that was the uh, ofrendas mm-hmm. or the altars that they would, uh, the, the living uh, family members would create. Right. And, and these things are super beautiful when you yeah. see them. But, I mean, I think it's super interesting because, um, you know, some of those people, they were really poor. Mm-hmm. And so they would save months and months yeah. to buy things for uh, these ofrendas. Mm-hmm. I was reading, actually, that even in modern times, mm-hmm. uh, some uh, some communities in southern Mexico where this, like, originated, um, some communities, it's still really common for people to spend, to save up for more than two months of current salary just to just to get everything ready for Day of the Dead. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess we have a Day of the Dead. It's like wakes or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's not celebrating really. Yeah, yeah. And those coffins cost lots of money mm-hmm. or like, I don't know, mausoleums and things like that. Yeah, sure. exactly. Cost lots of money. But yeah. I don't know, I feel like they, a lot of the times it's not a celebration of life. It's the, yeah. the marking of a death. Yeah, it's like a way to like, I feel like a lot of times when we think about death, it's a way to sort of like close our chapter with that person. Totally. It's all about closure. Yeah. And this sort of, I thought, I think that's what really is appealing about this tradition of day of the dead is it's, it's a way to like constantly remember those that you love, Mm -hmm. um, but not in a sad, somber or scary way at all. Yeah. So, all right. So we got off a little off track. So why don't we talk about like, so the ofrenda, yeah, the ofrenda, let's talk about the ofrenda, which is the altar. Right. Um, so the, the there are a few things that are made up of the altar. Mm-hmm. The altars are ornate. They're decorated. Yeah. Um. They're decorated with. Uh. What I read was that there were four main things that they were decorated with. Okay. There was a water element. Okay. Uh. Because the uh the dead were coming uh, you know from afar. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Hades or what? What did uh, you find out it was called? The afterlife. Oh, just the underworld. The underworld. There yeah. we go. Uh, so the underworld. They had a long journey. Yeah. They were thirsty. Okay. Uh, so of course they left water. Yeah. Pictures of water, but also uh, I think I read uh, they also would leave some alcohol. Yeah, like I read mescal is really yeah. typically is a really typical offering. Which, you know, once, For once I die and I'm coming back, y'all y'all be sure to leave me some mescal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and there was the earth part, which okay. was bread. Uh-huh. They left. Um, the uh, pan de muertos. Pan de, pan yeah. de muertos, yes. Yeah. Um, Which sounds like... Sounds like death bread, basically. Well, yeah, or I mean, bread, that's the translation. Bread of the death. Yeah, but like reading about it, it sounds more or less just like pan dulce. Yeah, sweet bread. Yeah, because it's just sugar-coated, mm-hmm. but sometimes decorated with like skeletons, or more specifically, like I read like phalanges specifically. Phalanges? Yeah, like, like the, little, the little... No, well, yes, but the bones <laughs> in your, your hands and, and toes and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be hungry after a long mm-hmm. journey. Hungry, mm-hmm. thirsty. Um, well, you have to guide them right. to your house. So a lot of the times, I would read, I read that they would uh, put candles mm-hmm. like outside of their house, all the way up into the oferta. Cool. Um, so that would guide them, to guide the dead family members mm-hmm. to their house. Yeah. To hang out with them. Okay. Uh, and then I read something about dogs too. That dogs are guides. Oh yeah. Okay, um, that makes sense because you see a lot of dogs in the the folk art for day of the dead mm-hmm. like a lot um in movies and like the paintings and murals and all all that kind of stuff you see dogs quite often yeah so that makes sense and then uh one of the last parts was uh the wind okay uh, and i think you're gonna touch on this on on the um the flags the papel oh yeah the picado. Papel picado. yeah yeah so i thought this was really interesting because um I knew it was something that, you know, you certainly see around Day of the Dead, but even more than that, I mean, it's, you see these in a ton of celebrations, uh, Mexican celebrations and, you know, um, like birthdays and Christmas and stuff. And so Papel Picado are like these, the really colorful, like banners or flags that you see all over the place and they're strung up in rows and yeah. things. Um, so it turns out this is like a really interesting much like all the other stuff in day of the dead this is like an old tradition that has morphed into kind of a a modern thing so um they're usually made from like tissue paper now um but originally like the whole history is like um it's really similar to chinese paper cutting from like the the sixth dynasty or whatever in china um the difference is that in those cultures, they use actual scissors to cut their intricate patterns into mm-hmm. these things. Um, but in in Mexican culture, it's actually now become a, a, a handcrafted like punch out thing. So there's like a template. It's made of like plastic or steel. Oh, interesting. That is set on top of like many, many layers, like 50 to 100 sheets uh-huh. of colored tissue paper. Uh-huh. And then they trace a pattern onto it and then it's punched out by hand like with tools. Hmm. And that kind of makes like a almost like a die cut if you yeah. will through through the entire stack so then even though it's all these different colors it's the same like pattern uh-huh. throughout all these things so it's really interesting so they they make it out of paper now but originally um like when the aztecs were making it out of like tree rubber and so it Whoa. was kind of a similar thing it was like a primitive paper made of tree rubber huh. so they would still make these flags um, and the difference was it wasn't punched or cut at that time because uh, you know it was a lot of more basic tools back then mm-hmm. so it was more um, painted patterns on them 
but they still had this idea of putting up these flags uh, specifically in places of respect, like uh, during a burial or in um, like altars for offerings. Mm -hmm. And so they were kind of put up as these like signs of respect and celebration in in these areas. And they decorated like shrines and um, these altars where they would do sacrifices and things like that. Um, So it's just interesting, like how, that idea of like a really ancient tradition has kind of stayed for so long. Cause I mean, you think about how long the as how long ago the Aztecs were a thriving culture mm-hmm. um, to now. And like, even though the material is different and things like that, I think it's interesting that it survived so long. Question for you. Yeah. Um, did you find out uh, the significance of the uh, things that are on them? A little bit. Ooh, okay. Well, just a little bit. So like I found out um, like some of the like really typical patterns uh, like flowers and birds um, and then, you know, the, the the skeletons and things that are on there, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, I know that those are like super popular um, and like things like clothing or food. And a lot of those were significant of like other things that you would actually offer at your altar or things like that, too. Hmm. Did you have something else that you found? No, I was just curious what oh, yeah, you had. Yeah. Uh, cause I, I'm curious. I don't know anything yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. So I thought there were just flags that are all over in celebration. I know. Well, that's so, that's what's so funny. It's like, or in Mexican restaurants. Exactly. <laughs> so that was kind of what's funny was like we were talking, um, when I was researching this, it was most people think about them now even more as like something that you see at like quinceaneras or baptisms or things like that. Um, but yeah, super interesting. So I guess, and I guess the whole, the, the way it became paper was um, when the Spaniards kind of brought rule over, mm-hmm. um, they had brought in obviously paper from, from that they had gotten from, um, they had started getting paper from trading with China. So then they started bringing paper over. And then when that became more affordable, um, all these different towns that were making these flags traditionally um, switched over to paper because it was easier to do than this like r- tree of rubber primitive paper oh, that yeah, they were doing. I bet. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, but you know, it, it's, it was interesting to read like kind of the, the way that this spread too. So, um, in the twenties, they, they say is like when this, um, so there's this one region in Mexico that's sort of like the birthplace of, of this craft. Um, mm-hmm. And all this is like the real stuff is done by hand still, by the way. Whoa. So all these, like you do see a lot of it now, like where it's made of plastic instead of paper. And of yes. course that's machine made, but um, like the authentic stuff where you're seeing it made of tissue paper, is still done by hand. So these like crazy intricate patterns with like a hundred holes on one sheet of paper, it's all punched out by hand. Um, so they said like in the twenties, this region kind of got really popular and it was actually only in like Southern Mexico that this was a thing. Um, but then in the sixties, it spread, uh, North from like up into Mexico city and then toward the U S and then in the seventies is when it became a big, a big thing specifically for day of the dead. That's like when it started to become this, um, like big recognized tradition for day of the dead too. That's awesome. Yeah. And now I guess, so now this is like something that you commonly do with kids. So you teach kids how to make it like in school, they do this. Um, this is like one of the first things that they learn how to do in school for this tradition. I mean, you gotta get them ready for the workforce. It's so cool. And actually I'm super excited because at work, um, we have a, uh, uh, um, Hispanic club at work and they're going to teach us how to do it this week. That's awesome. Oh, I wish we were doing that. So it's kind of cool. Maybe we can do it too. Maybe. Um, what does papel picado mean? Oh, it literally just means like punch paper or cut paper. Ah, all right. Yeah. Just for anybody who's curious. Yeah, I guess I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I thought it was cool too that uh, you know um, a lot of this stuff plays into some of the other things like the the skeletons that I mentioned before. But um, I think it's cool that like a lot of the traditions with Day of the Dead, uh, um, this too has become like a big thing in um, modern art as well. And so there's um, there's this lady I'm gonna really butcher her name right now, but uh, Ermiana <laughs> Romero. I forget. I'm gonna butcher that. But she received a, a big like endowment from uh, a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts in 2005. She's um, a San Francisco-based artist, but she specifically integrates um, Papel Picado into her work. Oh, wow. so I thought this was cool that this is like again like such an ancient tradition, but it's something that's now being used in in modern art, which a lot of stuff from Day of the Dead is. Yeah, yeah. a lot, a lot more recently, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> um, can so, I talk about a? Uh, something else yeah hit me yeah so uh another thing that i found of course you see in the uh uh the ofrendas are the flowers mm-hmm. um a l- one specific one is the cempasuchil okay what's that it's a mexican marigold okay yeah. yeah 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 you see marigolds a lot yeah so there is a legend oh okay with this marigold let's hear it you hit it you gave us a good legend last week uh, let's, let's get this one let's try to do this one too all right okay so the legend is about uh two young lovers yeah Two young Aztec lovers okay. in this case. Okay. Uh, a girl was Sochil. Okay. And the boy was Huitzilin. Okay. I feel like you should be pronouncing these better. I probably should be. Okay. Huitzilin. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when they were little, they grew up together. They basically like loved each other from the time they had met. They had met. Okay. Uh, and they would go up to the top of a mountain and bring the uh, sun god flowers. Mm-hmm. And the sun, glo- sun god really appreciated their offerings and would smile on them with his rays. Okay, that's kind of cute. Yeah, super cute. Um, so eventually a war bre- broke out. Okay. And Hutzilin, uh went off to fight to go protect the their village, their area, and, uh, and her. Yeah. And, well, as you know, in war... Uh, he died. He died. Yeah, okay. He did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, word got back to Sochil, uh-huh. and she was just torn up, you know, heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, she didn't know what to do, so she went back up to the mountain. Yeah. Uh, and was crying and pleading with the sun god, whose name was Tonatu. Okay. Tonatu. Okay. Ah, Sounds know. like you're speaking Chinese. Uh, anyways. So she was pleading with the sun god on the top of the mountain, and he was so moved by pre- you know their previous interactions and um, whatnot that he threw a ray that touched Sochil's cheek, and she turned into a beautiful, fiery marigold. Ah, that's kind of cool. The Simpasuchil. Okay. It, it gets better. Okay. Okay. Because she still has to meet her love, right? Right. All right. So after she turned into a flower, yeah. the beautiful fiery marigold, mm-hmm. uh, a hummingbird came upon her and lovingly put its beak in her, in the flower. Okay. And the petals opened, revealing its 20 petals of beautiful fiery color. Okay. And that loving touch was from her love. So he was He a was brought back as a hummingbird. Interesting. And so... They were together. Cool. And uh, I guess the story is that they would always be together as long as the Simpachi- Simpasuchil and hummingbirds exist on Earth. Oh, 
That's cute. Yeah, it was a cute little story. Nice. I don't know how old they were. It said young, so I'm hoping they were. You I know, mean, Romeo and Juliet were like 13 or 14. So I mean, yeah. All these old stories, kids are really young. Yeah, but I thought that was really um, cute and interesting. That like is I, cool. I didn't have any idea about that. Yeah. We're learning so much this week. I know. Because I feel like so much of the like Mexican folk art that we ever see has a lot of the same themes, and you're just... You just assume like, oh, they like that stuff because it's it's cool, or it's colorful. Yeah, or, or it's colorful. Not. Yeah, but yeah. like, there's so much meaning and story behind each of these things. I think that's cool. Do you know about the monarch butterflies? No, tell me about the monarch butterflies. Ooh. So monarch butterflies are thought to hold the spirits of the departed. Mm, okay. Because the first monarchs arrive in Mexico about uh, on November first. Ah, so interesting. They have a kind of a connection as well. Huh. Okay. Haha! Cool. I learned you. You did my brain. My brain just wrinkled. Yeah, that's not a thing. Oh, uh, Brett Butler told me it was on oh. NBC when I was a kid. So, wow, you're old. <sighs> you're older than me. Anyways, mm. um, so what else? Um, <laughs> so what about what? So the skulls. You were gonna yeah, talk about yeah. Skulls? So these are. So I was just gonna say these are all kind of like typical things that you see at, at the altars. These are all offerings. You see the flowers at the ofrendas. At the ofrendas, the you see flowers. Um, and you see the flags, the marigolds, the papel picado. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the skulls, yeah, because of course, skulls are a huge part of Day of the Dead. Um, so this whole thing was super interesting to me, too, actually. So I started looking it up just because I wanted to see, um, not necessarily just the skeletons, I, I was actually specifically looking up um, the history of sugar skulls because mm-hmm. you always see these. Um, so sugar skulls are like the you know, the cool little skulls that you see, and they're painted all different colors and patterns on them um but they're cool because a lot of times they're actually made of uh confectionery sugar so they're Ah. they're actually like a a edible thing and you like sugar yeah i guess so (laughs) but i I thought it was a whole it was really interesting like this has a big long history too so so these sugar skulls um the whole tradition of doing of doing the skulls comes from again the aztecs so they originally use this um this weed called uh, amaranth. Do you know what that is? Amaranth sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, so it's this it's this weed that grows in the summer, and it has like these really um, kind of like bushy seed pods at the top. Mm-hmm. And so the Aztecs used these seeds for a, a ton of their food. Um, so they would um, get these seeds and they toast it up, and they would mix it with uh, stuff like honey to make uh, a treat. And it looks kind of like I was looking at pictures of it. it. Sort of looks like granola bars in a way. Oh, okay. But this treat was called alegría, ah. which is another word you see all the time in yeah. Hispanic culture. And what does it mean? Joy. Ah. Which I didn't know, but that's so funny because uh, when I first moved to LA, I was introduced um, to a restaurant called Alegría on Sunset, which I thought oh, was yeah. a great restaurant, but <laughs> um, I never knew what that word meant. So that was cool. So anyway, so this is originally made from the seeds of this plant and. Um, uh, so later on, um, you know, jump forward a few hundred years now, um, you know, of course the Europeans are coming in to, to bring in like Spanish rule mm-hmm. to this area and they bring in, um, sugar. And so the Mexicans, uh, Mexican people who lived there at the time, they were starting their, um, their, they were continuing rather their, their traditions of putting things on the altars and, you know, you put food, like we talked about the bread. Mm-hmm. So you put food and things on there. And one of the things that was really big at the time was Europeans brought over like their fancy chocolate. 
but the poor Mexican citizens couldn't afford that chocolate, of course. So while the Spanish church was over there, the friars had brought over this tradition of crafting with sugar. And so they would do these um, things like lambs or doves or rabbits (laughs) or whatever. And they were for, you know, like Easter. Yeah. Um, so the citizens of Mexico saw that and they said like, oh, we could totally do that. Of course, you know, um, sugarcane was huge there at the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, really cheap for them to get. Um, and then they knew that it would be a lot easier to do than some of the other stuff that they'd be doing. So they started doing, um, skulls, which was a traditional thing from, um, from the Aztec time. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because, um, when you look at day of the dead, the skulls never really look scary. They're never like an element of fear. Mm-hmm. It's more of just like a celebration. So each of these skulls represents um, obviously a loved one because Day of the Dead's all about celebrating your your past loved ones. Mm-hmm. So the larger skulls represent adult spirits and the smaller skulls actually represent ch- uh, spirits of children. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. So when they started making these, um, when they would start making them with sugar, they'd be decorated with patterns and things, of course. Um, and then they would write the name of the spirit or the past loved one across the forehead of the skull. Oh. Um, and this is where like the tradition of the the masks come from too. So uh-huh. this is um, the the calaveras, which is the the word for for skeleton, right? Yes. Um, so they make the that's where the whole tradition of masks and the face painting comes from too. It's it's all about honoring your um, loved ones. Yes. And the the image of a skull is just sort of like a embodiment of them. It's a, it's not an element of fear. It's an element of remembrance and celebration. Mm. So I thought that was so cool. Um, and this whole thing plays into like how did that how did that image get so popular in pop culture too? That was something that interested me too. So there's this famous artist now. Well, he's famous now, but Jose Guadalupe Posada was mm-hmm. a political artist and um, worked for newspapers and things. And he was like a satirical cartoonist um, and got a lot of heat through his career. It looks like too, um, like maybe even one of his publications was possibly shut down because his his cartoons offended uh, politicians at the time. Ooh. So anyway, um, years go by and his work is mostly unknown, but then they find later on, they found these plates that they think he did sometime between 1910 and 1913. And it's a big zinc plate with an etching in it. So imagine the etching etching is, uh, a, what's now known as, uh, La Calavera Catrina, which is the, the big, image that you see really traditionally which is the skeleton sort of a bust of a skeleton Mm -hmm. a female skeleton and she's in this huge hat it's like a big frilly like she's going to sunday mass yes exactly (laughs) so i found out the whole story behind this was um because this is something that you see now too as a tradition with day of the dead is like these um like dapper skeletons as you as they're called Mm -hmm. so it's like basically a skeleton in fancy dress so you see them in like fancy dresses or tuxedos or hats or whatever that's where this whole thing is based off of and so the origination of this etching that he did was actually um again a political statement and it was based on during this time again european um rules coming in at the time trying to trying to come in and rule when was this uh, during the, what was this, like 18th century-ish? So 1800s, like around, probably around turn of the century-ish. Kay. So they think he, he drew the plate, they think, between 1910 and 1913. Um. But it didn't, this image didn't become popular until much later when it was revived. But, so the whole thing was, it was a commentary on um, the native people who were 
uh, really trying to embody the Europeans. So you saw these really like wealthy European aristocrats that came mm -hmm. over and they would wear these fancy elaborate hats and clothes um, that wasn't needed for that area or that time. Yeah. And, but then, so his, his image was basically a political statement on that of the indigenous people trying to be that. Ooh. So I thought that was really interesting. That's super interesting. Yeah. So another famous artist, Diego Rivera, um, who's another super famous, uh, Mexican artist, um, later kind of even further embodied this, this idea of, of the Katrina where he did this really popular mural in Mexico city, um, in the 1960s. And that was the first time that you saw her with a full body because the original zinc etching, um, was just sort of like a bust. And that's like the one that you see, you see in many hundreds, thousands, millions of copies of this thing now. But in the 60s, it was the first time that you see her like a full body. And that was the first time that you saw her sort of representing the um, the spirits kind of coming back to visit the families. So I thought that was just so cool. Um, you know, like, again, I thought this was cool because I started, I started researching this specifically for Sugar Skulls. But it morphed into this whole thing about like a lot of different pop culture references that I've seen over the year and a lot of the art that I admired um, in college without really even knowing the history behind that. So I think that was so cool. Um, and it also touched upon, uh, the whole, like, it's not a direct, um, correlation, but there's a lot of similar themes to the Aztec legend of the lady of the dead, the lady of the dead, which I know you kind of found out about too. Yeah. So, um, the lady of dead, I think is in reference to the Aztec goddess of death, Mikte Kasiwatl. Ooh, good job. I wouldn't have even tried that one. Actually, I messed up the end, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, and according to myth, she uh was the like the keeper of the dead. Uh, yeah. She was the queen of the dead. She watched over the bones. Yeah. In the underworld. She did. Uh but she wasn't so great. Okay. And um <laughs> some gods stole some sacred bones. Ooh. And according to legend, uh those bones became man. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so she got in trouble and she had to watch over um, the underworld forever. Huh. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that yeah. she, uh, uh, she had a play in the creation of man. Hmm. Yeah. Because of her, um, I don't know what would that be called? Bad guarding skills? Yeah, bad guarding skills. <laughs> so if you're a bad guard, Funny. You, know, you could create... Uh, humans. Right. Oh, but uh, yeah, she got in charge of keeping over, and she had to make sure that no bones would ever get taken, so no more beings would be created. Right. Interesting. Yeah, super interesting. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that some of these stories, like a lot of these stories, are so old, and we're still seeing them in pop culture. And this is like thousands of years later. Yeah, I mean, speaking of pop culture, uh, like movies have come out regarding Day of the Dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So Day of the Dead has gotten just it is exploded in popularity over the last I don't know ten years or so. Yeah, you just made a good point earlier about Corpse Bride. How that was kind of yeah. like a yeah, kind of, yeah. I was uh, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like White People Day of the Dead in a way because I mean they they go they're living embodiments of spirit past guided by a dog. Yep. You know, coming from the underworld. You know, I mean it's not a direct correlation, but very similar theme. Yeah, Very. and they made the Book of Life a movie a couple of years ago, um, and I was actually reading that. Uh, you know, we talked about the the Katrina. Yeah, and 
one of the characters in Book of Life, La Muerte, she's an actual character that's based on that specific person Ooh. or that specific character. I also read that um, that the Katrina appears in World of Warcraft too. <laughs> like really? because I guess the I don't know I didn't play WoW, but like the the tribes or whatever each uh-huh. each of them celebrates Day of the Dead, and she actually appears in the game. Oh wow, that's really cool. Yes, yeah, so I thought that was so funny. I'm not gonna play it though. No, still I don't not have gonna play it. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's so cool. Like, uh, you know, like I said, I've been I've admired this kind of style of art and culture since at least since I was in college. Um, but in L.A., you know, they do the whole thing every year at uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery, yeah. where you can go in and see these huge, beautiful altars uh, that the families have built. Um, and I think what's so cool about that too is like I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but these altars, it's not like. Um, these aren't like big corporate or store bought made things. These are like handmade things yeah, from with families. Petals, yeah, their own, you know. Things. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if they bring the alcohol there. I mean, they probably drink it instead of offering it. But no, I mean, actually, when we when you're at Hollywood Forever, there's there are a lot of offerings there. Really? Like there's food, and yeah, you do see like and drinks mezcal? and stuff. Yeah, you see wow. stuff like set out in shot glasses and all kinds of stuff. Um. And so it's like, you know, you always assume that that's what it is, but it's kind of cool to hear a confirmation that that's what these stories are. Huh. But if you haven't been to Hollywood Forever Cemetery, you should check it out. Every around Halloween, they they do a huge setup. I think where, it's on Halloween, right? They do a celebration for it. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think they set it up a little bit earlier. Uh, and then I think it lasts actually longer than Day of the Dead actually does, I believe. We could put a link. Yeah, but it's super cool. I mean, these things are huge. Some of them were, I mean, like, like tens of feet high. I remember looking up. Do you take pictures? I do have pictures Ooh, from a long, awesome. long time ago. Um, I'm sure, but yeah. super fun, It'll be relevant. Yeah, and we actually just found out there's a local event here in San Jose that yeah. they do. We just went to yesterday. We did, and that was that was a super fun surprise. Yeah, this is the San Jose. Yeah, right, and it's a big, um, like a festival in one of the downtown parks in San Jose. Yeah, free little festival. We walked up in there and yeah. uh, got to see some Day of the Dead things. Yeah, which was really cool. A lot of this stuff that we've talked about uh, was on display there. You could buy a lot of the handcrafted folk art mm-hmm. um they had sugar skulls you could purchase yep or decorate they had face painting for totally kids the face painting was adults. really cool it's so cool to see that stuff because it's so elaborate they had art installations being mm-hmm. uh created yep i you know what i thought was really cool too is to see a lot of you know day of the dead as we've talked about is traditionally for family members or loved ones who have died and i thought it was really interesting to see uh, a lot of hispanic uh, pop culture icons remembered in this way too like selena was a big theme there yeah i thought that was selena so cool decorated as uh, the day of the dead motif mm-hmm. i thought that was super cool to see because it's it's again it's a way to like remember that that person but not in a sad way because like with Selena, you know, like you and I talk about this all the time because you're like the world's biggest Selena fan. <laughs> but I think it's a lot of people when they think of like her in particular, it's anything for Selena. I think a lot of people when they think about her in particular, it's either like the cheesy movie oh, God. or or like her her sad like death, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that was kind of what was neat was like to see her embodied in a completely different way. It brought it brought light to that story in a different way. So I don't know. It's just like, that was one little thing. I mean, it wasn't, she wasn't everywhere, but yeah. I, I mean, thought it was Marilyn Monroe there too. Yeah. That one was a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was cool. Yeah. It was a lot of good food. Um, it was super fun. Yeah, good, uh, really good live music. Yeah. Live music super was fun. fun. Yeah. So, I mean, this day of the dead thing, it's getting big and now Pixar is making a movie. Coco. That's coming out soon. Yeah. Coco looks 
amazing. Yeah, and it looks super awesome. And uh, yeah, exactly. A lot of things we just talked about. There's, there's a dog. There's a bridge to the underworld made of marigolds. Yeah. He's uh, the light, the fire, the fire. Exactly. He's meeting family. His because his uh, I this may be a spoiler, but I know from like the trailer, Uh, at least that one of the spirits that he goes to visit is his abuelita, I believe, at some point. I know there's been a clip already revealed where she's alive but i've heard that she becomes a spirit at some point i don't know if that's true that's a not. spoiler i don't Why know you spoil it's in trailers public knowledge at this point but anyway coco looks amazing but her chancla yeah if you guys haven't seen this clip she she smacks them with her chancla oh, it's pretty funny chancla. that's dangerous i mean we can have a whole thing about the chancla <laughs> That's probably how we'll oh, get to, to they, the, the underworld. They had a loteria uh, frame, uh, the loteria cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a frame with the mano, the hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the belt. Yeah, and then they had the chunkla. Yeah, yeah. Why don't uh, you tell people what a chunkla is? Chunkla is a flip flop. Usually, it's uh, like the big furry ones that grandmas have. And it's it's and a weapon to it, smack you when you get out of line. It is a weapon to hit the grandkids when they are so being funny. bad. Did your grandma hit you with a chunk? Probably, yes. My mom always hit us with a fly swatter. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to remember that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I thought this was super cool. Um, I had a great time like researching this stuff. I thought this was fascinating. Totally. I I love to learn more about lots of things, Mm -hmm. but this especially, I think, because I'm Mexican American, Mm -hmm. didn't grow up with this. And I felt that it was like, wow, this is really, why didn't we do this? Yeah. This is so fun. Yeah. I wish that we would, um, you know, do more celebrations of life mm-hmm. and death yeah. instead of, you know, oh, it's over and it's right. sad and yeah. never going to pe- see people again. Totally. Yeah. That's just, I don't like that. I don't know. When I die, I want y'all to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought this was super cool. I I think this is something it'd be fun for us to start doing, maybe. Yeah. I like, mean, we, we don't have, have to time. Do, yeah, we, we don't make have a little do, altar. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big, even. It could be like a little small one. But yeah. it'd be cool. Yeah. I definitely think that we should do one. Yeah. So, Steve, do you think that you now know about Day of the Dead? I know more than I did last week. All right. So you're going to go up there and start building an altar now? No. That's where you come in. uh, You're the worst. Um, Listeners, we love y'all. And if y'all have any examples of celebrating Dia de los Muertos or photos or stories, uh, send them to us on Facebook or on Twitter, I'm at T-E-K-N-O-M-C-R. I'm at Solus Design. And we are at Mike Stevecast. That's right. Music for our show is by Adi Goldstein and Dimitri Banoff from Pond 5. Pond 5. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. If you like the show, please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play and rate us. And thank, thank y'all so much. All those that have done that, y'all are awesome, and we love y'all. We yeah. love y'all. We love y'all. Definitely. This little experiment's turning out to be fun. Yeah. Cool. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.